To all my heavy hitters and lockdown defenders, welcome to Sports Talk with Coach and Kirk, episode 96, man. We're back in the building, man, each and every Tuesday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and all your popular platforms you get your podcast from. I am your host, Coach Defense, alongside what soon will be Coach Kirk, waiting on him to join in, having a little technical difficulty with his computer. Uh, he should be on in a few minutes, man. We got a special guest this week. Uh, Coach Bev is going to join us to talk about the Ravens' the, uh, controversy, I guess we call it a controversy, uh, argument. Uh, uh, stalemate. I mean, it's a lot of attitudes you can use when it comes down to uh, what's the consensus moments that are the negotiation that is Lamar Jackson's contract uh, going forward with the Ravens. I'm um, standing on the franchise tag right now. So we're going to discuss a lot of things that's coming up with that. And I want to get his perspective as a lifelong Ravens fan, get his perspective on exactly what he feels the Lamar Jackson situation, where he is at right now and where it's going to go. Uh, we're definitely waiting for that. Uh, you know, free to see periods technically opens tomorrow, but uh, you know, he can't necessarily talk to anybody because uh, of his agent status. But yeah, we need to talk about that in 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 due order. So we'll get to that as well. But first and foremost, we're gonna start off with the NBA. We're gonna get into uh the NBA in regards to uh the Sacramento Kings. We want to talk about that first, then we're gonna talk about the NBA playoff push. Then we're going to get into, like I said, we're going to talk about the NFL. We're going to get into the Ravens uh, situation and, and get into that deep dive. And then we'll do an ongoing uh, segment regarding the uh, NFL draft. We're going to do running backs and tight ends this week. So we're going to talk about that uh, as well. So we're going to talk about who our favorite guys are in, from the combine and who we think should uh, go high in the draft in regards to uh, the running backs and the tight ends. You know, the tight end uh, room has been devalued, but I think it's some guys that could maybe break in the first round this week, this this year. So we'll see how that goes. But short and, uh, short and sweet, man, I'll talk about the Sacramento Kings first. The Sacramento Kings, uh, you know, in a segment called Do We Believe? So the Sacramento Kings have been making quiet noise when it comes down to the, I guess you can say, uh, you know, Western Conference, you know, in short order, right? So they sit right now, they sit at 40 and 27. The third, uh, barely third. I should be second, almost tied with the Grizzlies at this moment at at, uh, at two. But they're technically third in the Western Conference. Uh, like I said, a forty and twenty-seven. It took a heartbreaker and a loss last night to the Bucks, but the Bucks are cooking, man. So I really can't argue the idea that uh, that they would lose to a team that's you know a former NBA champion. But nonetheless, you know they are sitting at forty and twenty-seven. Um, you know their leading scorer is Darren Fox at twenty-six a game. Uh, still, and you know, deep, deeply hurt and, and cut that De'Aaron Fox is not a Laker, but yet again, you know, it's I can't cry over spilled milk. You know, we should have drafted him when he was uh, in in the draft versus some other people that we drafted. I'm not going to say any names, but you know, they're not Lakers now, so we, you know, whatever. But regardless, you know, to definitely say that uh, De'Aaron Fox is definitely playing high level basketball right now. Their trade and their acquisition of uh, Demotis Sabonis is uh, it's definitely been a godsend for them. He's averaging 12.3 rebounds a game. I think he's their second leading scorer, if I have my numbers correct. And uh, he's also averaging seven assists a game, and he's their leading assist leader. And De'Aaron Fox is following up with being their steers leader 1.2 a game. So they're playing good basketball. They're playing good basketball. So I guess we have to ask our questions, are they real? You know, can they um, make some noise in the playoffs? Because their kings, in all honesty, have been irrelevant for, you know, quite some time. I mean, I, I will harken back to the whole... I guess you could say Kobe Bryant-esque era with Vladi Divac and Chris Webber and Pedro Stoyakovic and those guys. You know, what we always say, you know, when you have a bad bitch, you, you can win basketball games. But it could. And since then, the Kings haven't been really been good. So, you know, we have that dynamic. And they finally, you know, starting to 
uh, come back around uh, with the players that they have. Uh, Mike Brown is their coach. I know you're familiar with him. Uh, if you've been watching basketball the last 10, 15 years. Um, you know, he's been around the block. I mean, he's been with the Cavs and a few other places. So, uh, you know, he's had some success, really good defensive-minded coach. So he's definitely got them boys playing good basketball. So the question we asked ourselves, and it's funny, uh, I found a graphic that they call themselves the Bean Team. <laughs> De'Aaron Fox, Kevin Herter, who they acquired from Atlanta, uh, Harrison Barnes, who's been there forever. Everybody talks about Harrison Barnes. Well, nobody talks about Harrison Barnes. Let me say it that way. They talk about uh, the fact that Harrison Barnes is still young, but he's been in Sacramento ever since he left the Warriors that first year after they won their first title. So he's been there ever since then and, you know, kind of living in purgatory in a sense. So he's been there, but he hasn't, uh, you know, hasn't gotten any notoriety because they haven't been winning. Uh, King and Murray, one of the younger cat guys that they've acquired in, uh, in the draft, I believe. And like I said, Sabonis acquired from the Pacers in the trade uh, that, you know, rounded out a good starting five. They also have Malik Monk, a former Laker, who is actually playing really good basketball alongside of Fox in the backcourt now. Uh, so they got shooters, they got defenders, they got scores, they got uh, post players, they got a lot. Things going on and it's happening for them uh, and it's happening in, in short order um, and from a success standpoint. So I guess we have to ask ourselves, like I said, are they – are they going to be a team that's going to make some noise? Now, if we look at their remaining schedule, um, it's pretty favorable. Uh, they got the they got the Bulls next on on tomorrow. Uh, they got the Nets coming up, and the Nets aren't the same team as they used to be. Um, I would like to believe that you know they can say you can say that you know the Nets are a fringy, scrappy team, but you know they are they aren't the strong you know powerhouse they work used to be with Kevin Durant and, and Kyrie Irving. Uh, then you get the Wizards, who haven't been playing really good basketball here as of late. You know, I argue they might have been as as bad or irrelevant as the as the Kings have been over the years. Uh, Utah, which they floundered, they start off hot, but they've been they've been starting to uh, kind of taper off, and they haven't been winning a lot of basketball games. Boston, uh, who's a two seed in the East, that's a tough matchup. The Suns. Now we don't know what's the status of Kevin Durant's situation. He's going to uh, be reevaluated in a week or so about his ankle. Um, but there's fear that he's going to be out for uh, at least the regular season, which is scary. Um, and the Suns were planning on him making a run with him and starting to get themselves, you know, positioned well and high in the in the Western Conference. And that's not going to happen uh, as you know as as woefully as as they would if the if the uh, Kevin Durant was in the lineup. So you have that dynamic. Um, then they play Utah again. They got Utah twice. Minnesota, which I think that's a winnable game for them. Uh, Portland, they play, get played two back-to-back -back games against Portland um, in Portland. Uh, I had high hopes for the Blazers. I really did. I think the, I thought when they got healthy, they would definitely uh, do better than they have been doing, but they've been losing games as well. They've lost three in a row. So I don't have a whole lot of faith in Portland. And again, it's a way for them, but you know, I think that's a winnable game for them. So San Antonio is obviously a win. They're tanking for a win, Bignana. Uh, the Pelicans, who knows if Zion's going to play? Don't know. Yes, no, maybe so. Um, so that's a winnable game. So then they got Dallas, and we don't know whatever Dallas team we're going to get week to week. I mean, it just, it's just a crapshoot, right? You just don't know. But, uh, you know, that's a that's, a, that's, a, that's a solid competitive matchup. That can go either way. Golden State, uh, will Wiggins come back? Will he not? There's a fear that he might be out all, the whole regular season. Don't know. Um, but I think that uh, the fact that they faced the Golden State Warriors at home is telling because Golden State can't seem to win games on the road. Um, so I think that's a very winnable game for them. Then you get the number one seed in Denver. Um, I think, honestly, truly, I think that last game of the season is going to be a test. Now, we don't we can you know, argue that, you know, because of the last game of the season, the things that might be, uh, you know, decided, your seeding will be, you know, in the books and you'll really, really have nothing to play for. But if I'm Sacramento, I get that game marked on my calendar because I'm looking at it like this. If I got a... 
if I'm going to be able to prove to you, to the masses and myself, that we're going to be able to, air quotes, uh, compete in the Western Conference, we got to beat the top team. Um, so I think they should have the Denver game marked in their calendar, and they got to go to Denver. So that, you know, you got to be able to prove that you're going to beat that team. You know, assuming they play their starters at that point, uh, you know, beat that team on the road. And that's going to be uh, something to watch for uh, for the Kings especially. So, you know, how they fare, you know, when it come down to, coming down the stretch, I think that's going to tell a lot how uh, they're going to fare in the, in the Western Conference, which to me is wide open. Western Conference is definitely wide open. It's not a, a conference that, that, you know, you have your top-heavy, you know, teams like the East where I think the Celtics and the, and the, and the uh, Bucks will be mostly likely at the end fighting each other for make to make up for the finals. But uh again, I think it's West can it's anybody's ball game in my opinion. So, you know, it's just a question of whether or not the Kings can get it done. Can they ultimately uh you know compete? You know, this is a very young team, a team that's very inexperienced. Mike Brown is your team is your is your I guess you can say your veteran in this in that regard because he's the one that has been uh a, a person that's been for far in the playoffs before. So he's the one you can kind of lean on for playoff experience, but nobody on this team outside of Harrison Barnes really has a lot of playoff experience. So um, you have to weigh that uh, in heavily, you know, because that experience matters in the playoffs, especially in the NFL. I mean, excuse me, in the NBA, NFL as well, but in the NBA as well. I think that's the most uh, driving force is whether or not they can ultimately, ultimately, uh, you know, deliver and play a team four out of seven games and beat them four out of seven games. That's going to be the, you know, quote unquote, uh, flag that you have to wave whether or not they can honestly and truly get that done you know i have my doubts honestly i'm not sold yet i mean if i had to get my opinion on it, i'm really not sold on the kings yet because of that fact i think that you know a lot of teams have come and gone when it comes to the idea of what they've done in the regular season but they have they show little to nothing in the playoffs it gets it gets tight you play the same team every night they kind of lean on your uh negative your negative uh attributes and uh, they ultimately, you know, beat you, you know, in, in, you know, four to five games because you just can't combat that, uh, that a quote unquote uh, competitiveness that you've, you're facing by a good team uh, for, you know, for, you know, for a matter of a two week period, I guess you can say. So, yeah, and I, I'm still on the fence, but I do like the way they play ball. I think they, I think they're, they, they're, they're got some good young talent on their team that it's going to be ultimately is going to be good you know, coming going forward. But, um, you know, I think there might be a year or two away from being, uh, you know, they might just need to get some experience out of their belt. Um, you know, you know, get make it to the playoffs a couple of times, you know, maybe lose or a series or two and understand what it takes. You know, maybe they one player away, need, maybe need one more air quote dominant score that's going to be able to, you know, take up the mantle for them, um, which will ultimately get them, you know, past the first round. But, yeah, if I had to be a betting man, I, I would say they probably, depending on who they match up with, I mean, because you're looking at it from teams that are ascending, like, uh, you know, the the Lakers in particular, you know, I'm just be real. I think if the Lakers are healthy, completely healthy at the, at the time the playoffs hit, you know, they, they could beat anybody. So you have to look at it from that perspective. If they face the Lakers or Dallas or or somebody in that in the Clippers, I think that those teams can ultimately, you know, from a, you know, to have that air quote playoff experience, you know, edge, I would say they definitely be the team that will probably dethrone them. In all honesty, you know, because I looked at Rich's comments earlier, he said that, you know, the Kings will be dethroned. I believe the same thing. They definitely will be dethroned. I think they are a good regular season team, but I, I'm not going to buy the stock that they're going to be a heavy, deep run of a playoff team. You know, they could shock us all, you know, because like I said, the, there's no team that convinces me that you're going to be, that you're guaranteed to be there at the end. You know, I had my eyes on the Warriors, but like I said, Wiggins' health or his his away being away from the team because of his family issues is, is a concern. And the fact that they don't play well on the road. And the fact that they're not the one seed, so they're not going to have home court advantage at all. 
is going to be a problem. You know, the Lakers, they got to make it. And they're in the playing game right now. So they got to win the playing tournament. And then they got to get to the point where they can play the one or two seed. That's an issue. Um, the Clippers never believe in them, obviously. And they got Russell Westbrook now. So let's be real. I mean, you know, I think that's 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 a curse. <laughs> you know, in honesty. But I think that, you know, it, it's it's a good story. But I'm not convinced yet. And it's funny that Coach Curry isn't here at the moment to talk about it. Because he is actually a proponent that he likes this team. And he thinks they've got some moxie to them. But... You know, again, you know, it's all flashing and dash, but I don't think there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of winning of basketball games come playoff time. But again, if they get a good matchup in the first round, you know, it could go it could go a different way. But the lack of experience gives me pause. It definitely gives me pause. So, all right, so let's move on to uh, let's talk about the NBA as a whole in the playoff push. We got about 15 to 16 games left. The game's going on right now here. Um, my Lakers are playing the Pelicans at the moment, so I'm gonna kind of keep my eye on that. Um, but uh, talk about how the playoff push is, is happening, right? So do we feel like, you know, as, as, a, as a conglomerate, do we feel like, you know, we can kind of put our finger on the pulse in regards to what these teams uh, will end up landing at when it comes to a playoff city perspective? So when we talk about that, we talk about the standings here. So at the moment, you know, in Eastern Conference, the Bucks are one, Celtics are two, 76ers, who are surprising me at this moment in their, in their, uh, in their winning streak. They're um they're uh coming up the ranks and they're kind of nipping at the heels of the Celtics at the moment. Uh, Cavaliers stay steady at four. The Brooklyn Nets have moved themselves back up to five, um, with the Knicks dropping down to six by I guess you can say technically a game. Uh, they're both they're both nine and a half back, but I think the tiebreakers go to the Nets at this moment. Seven, the Heat's are holding at seven. The Hawks at eight. Uh, Toronto still in in contention with a game and a half back at nine. Uh, the Bulls as well is at, at, at uh ten. The Wizards, ironically, are not out of it uh, at 11. Neither are the Pacers or the Magics. But I think that we all agree that Magic are not looking at the playoffs, you know, the, the playing tournament. I think they're more looking at the draft. So, um, I would, you know, I'll probably take them off the list. But if I had to be a bad man once again, I think that this, you know, pretty much holds, you know, true. Um, now looking at the, I'm looking at the Brooklyn Nets in the, in the, in the New York Knicks. That could change. That could go back and forth depending on who's has a tougher schedule. Um, but I think the fact that the Heat are like three games uh, out of the sixth seed, it's going to be kind of tough to catch those two teams because, you know, they've been playing pretty good basketball. So I think that could, outside of the fifth and sixth seed, I think that could change because like between, and then you have that, and then the Nets uh, and the Cavs or whoever makes the fifth seed, they're about three to four games a, a, a ahead of, the Cavs are three or four games ahead of those two teams. So I think one through four, now unless the Celtics, you know, keep falling, they could lose out on the six on the two seed, but I think that uh that if they, you know, based upon their talent level and their in their, you know, their ability to win basketball games, I think they can hold two. Um, but again, you know, that can change. I mean, like I said, it's only a one game difference. But um outside of that, I mean, I would I would be if I was a betting man, I would say Milwaukee one, Bucks two, I mean Bucks one, Celtics two, 76 is three, Cavs four, and then uh, I, I had to be a betting man because I saw the Knicks play on Sunday against my Lakers. I would say they get five and uh, the Nets get six. He and Hawks seven and eight. And that's pretty good. That's a pretty good. Uh, that's a pretty good uh, starting opening round. So you would have the Bucks playing the uh, Hawks, the Celtics playing the Heat, uh, the 76ers playing the, the uh, Knicks, which should be a good matchup. Then you got the Cavs and the Nets. Well, excuse me, the Nets. That's the Knicks just flopped. The Cavs will play the, the Heat, the Nets, and the and the 76ers will play the uh, Knicks. So that's that should be pretty good. That should be pretty good. Now the Weathers Conference is a whole different ballgame. It really is a whole different ballgame. That's it's very tight. 
like, you know, I think that the Nuggets are the only per- person that's sitting comfortable right now. Um, they're four and a half games ahead of everybody else, and the Grizzlies are struggling because John Moran isn't there. Um, and that's you know, and that's all we call that a question of whether or not he will be back at all um, this year because of his off the court stuff. So if he doesn't come back, I don't have I don't have any stock in him going anywhere. Um, you know, and they could fall like because they're they're literally you know three to four games from you know the four to five seed. So you know they keep you know going back and forth with the idea they win one, lose one, win one, lose one. They could drop. It could drop. Um, you know the Kings are sitting right there and they're playing solid basketball. They have no issues. Um, like I so said, they're eight and two in their last ten. They won the last three. Well, they won the last three outside of the last night. They lost last night. Um, but you know they're they're pretty much in you know right there in the thick. Um, the Suns, I think they can hold court. I think the Suns can hold court. I would give them, I would give them a nod. I think it's that that four games kind of gives me pause when it comes down to the Suns catching the Grizzlies. Um, but um, I would say that the Kings may take two. The, the Grizzlies are holding three because they, they they got enough leeway because no carrying the right with the Suns. I think they can hold there. Um, so you got the Denver at one, Kings at two, which would be ironic. The Kings would be the two seed. That's crazy. Um, uh, the Grizzlies three, Suns four, and hopefully get Kevin Durant back by the playoffs. Um, Clippers and the, and the Warriors, their game, they can, they can flip, they can go back and forth. They really can because this is where it gets dicey. The fifth through the 13th seed all gets dicey. I mean, you're looking at it from a perspective of the fifth seed is 36 wins, the third, the 13th seed is 31. I mean, that's a five game split between like eight seeds. So it, you know, it's very tight. It's very tight. And you probably have to break down everybody's schedule to see who has the toughest you know, strength of schedule when it comes down to the idea of they will be, um, you know, how many games they will win, you know, uh, coming towards the end of the season. Like I said, we only got about 15 to 16 games left. So it's 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 win or go home at this moment. You know, you just need to start treating these games like playoff games if, if, I'm, if I'm coaching. So, <clears throat> you know, and I think the issue with the Warriors and the Clippers I have for me with them flip-flopping is how many role games do the Warriors have? If they have a lot of role games coming up, then I would like to believe they're going to stay there at six or drop. Um, the Clippers, you know, they, I don't know what I get week to week with them. They they won three in a row. And I give them credit for that. After losing four or five straight, they they won three in a row. They five and five in the last ten. So um, you know, so if, if I had to be, if I had to bet, I would say that the Clippers stay at five, the Warriors stay at six. Timberwolves in, in the in the in the Mavericks, they're they're rough go. <laughs> they're rough. They're rough. They're rough. They're rough ask for me to tell you exactly what I think is going to happen because uh, they're very inconsistent. Um, you know, and, and this is even getting to the point where Kyrie's, you know, been in Dallas for a little bit now when it comes down to him playing with Luca. So I think that, you know, you, I guess you can, you know, you can flip a coin to who's going to be seven and eight, right? That's assuming, because like I said, you've got two, out of the, even let's just talk about the 12th through the seventh seed. It's a two game swing. I mean, if the jazz went on a run, hypothetically, they can move all the way up to seven Lakers as well, Pelicans as well, Thunder as well. So, you know, and nobody thought going into this year the Thunder was going to be much of anything. They thought it was going to be in the Wimbanyana sweepstakes as well. But they're playing good basketball, um, you know, for the team that they have. You know, Shea Alexander Gilgis is is playing out of his mind, um, you know, all-star this year. So, yeah, man, it's 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 a dice roll. It's a dice roll. But, um, you know, again, you know, you know, you call me biased, call me what you want. But I think that the Lakers should, in my opinion, should at least move up to the eighth slot. Um, you know, depending on what Dallas and Minnesota does, maybe again, maybe the the six seed outright, depending on what the Warriors do. Um, but you know, my 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 wish is at least get up to seven. That way, you're going to play that one that one play in game, and you can win in ascend into the uh seven seed, and we will play the the Kings the first round, which I'm like I'm liking that matchup for us. 
Um, and then, like I said, I think the the Pelicans, depending on Zion's health, will determine whether or not they make it above ten. Um, but so if we put we we knock up the, the the Lakers up a peg at seven, that would mean the Timberwolves at eight, and the Mavericks at nine, and then the Pelicans at ten. And I'm comfortable with that. I'm comfortable with that, those those matchups and see how that things shake out there. But yeah, it's it's a tight race. Like I said, anywhere between between four and thirteen, you know, it's it's literally you know six games at the most. And then when you get to five and six, it's less than that. So you know, with sixteen games left, it's still anybody's ball game in regards to nobody's you know actually out of it. But you know, the way the the Trailblazers are playing right now, they lost three straight. Like I said, they don't they give me they 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 give me a lot of angst about them being relevant. Um, come uh, playoff time or be making the playoffs for that matter. Um, Thunder, yeah, Jazz, yeah. I think the, the I think the Trailblazers and Jazz are one, two teams that I can't pretty, pretty much count out. Um, the Thunder, like I said, they're right there. They're literally one game away or tied technically for the tenth spot. So if the Pelicans lose tonight to the Lakers hypothetically, then they could be right in there. So we'll see how things shake out. But um, yeah, it should be an interesting matchups. Um, coming uh, to the playoffs. So like I said, the Lakers make the seventh seed. I, I would put my money on. I'm gonna say the Mavericks get the eight seed, and when and that will be the first round matchups of the Nuggets versus the Mavericks, the, the Grizzlies versus the Lakers. Um, excuse me, the Kings versus the Lakers. The the Grizzlies versus I want to say the Warriors, and then you got the Suns and the Clippers. So that'll be interesting because uh, that be hopefully Katie comes back and plays the Clippers and the Clippers with their good good wing defenders that they have should be an interesting matchup. Definitely should be an interesting matchup. So. Uh, yeah, so we'll see. We'll see, man. But I think I like the idea that it's going to be um, it's tough down the road, just tough, tough down the stretch when it comes down to the idea that it will be uh, uh, you got to win a lot of basketball games in the last 15 in order to secure your spot. If you don't, you know, you might be in an unfavorable position and you lose that playing tournament game. It's going to go home. It's going to go home. So. All right. So let's talk. Let's let's move on, man. Let's bring on our guests. Let's bring on our guests. My guy. Coach D. Bev, what's happening there, good brother? Hey, what's going on, man? <laughs> what's man, good? What's happening? What's happening? I can't call well, it, man. So, man, we got a lot to talk about when it comes to the Ravens business, man. We do. Um, you and I had a little, little change back and forth on Twitter to kind of spark this. You know, when it comes down to the, uh, you know, what we feel like that Lamar, uh, we Lamar should do. Right, um, right. Should do. So, let's talk about let's talk about the whole dynamic of uh, Lamar in this in this contract, right? So. We've been at this for two years. I mean, let's just be real about it. We've been at this for two years. It's not. It's not new. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like we've been. You know, this is. You know, it's a. It's the. It's a breaking point where you know he's. You know, decided at the last minute to to turn his uh, back on the contract he was offering him and and you know and 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 waited out. You know, he's been looking for a contract for two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and even news came out today that you know people were you know putting out the the narrative out there that he turned down a two hundred million dollar fully guaranteed contract, which he rebuffed. And said that it was three years, one thirty-three guaranteed. You know, which is a total complete shift. You know, based upon what was being reported. So, you know, so I would, you know, the, I hate to use the term because of who who coined it, but a lot of fake news out there. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of a right, lot right. of fake news out there, right? When it comes down to the whole dynamic of uh, what you know Lamar's situation is, you know, like he doesn't have an agent, being very private about it, which he should. I mean, your business, you know, and your money and your and your livelihood should be everybody's, uh, you know. I guess you can say, uh, you know, I you know, I guess you can say they're, they're uh, fuel to judge you, right? So, you know, tell me from your perspective as a Ravens fan, because some things you had to say on Twitter, I was, was kind of like, oh, <laughs> man. I, but I understand where you were coming from because you're looking at it from a team perspective versus a person. But 
but but tell me exactly where we're at right now when it comes down to Lamar Jackson. Because where do you stand on his contract negotiations at this moment? Because again, we, things could change tomorrow because he could be talked to, you know, as a player. But where do you stand with his contract negotiations right now? It's uh it's it's a whirlwind, brother. It's um it's it's definitely been a, a tedious two two year time span. You know, Purple Patrol on Twitter is uh in dismay. Mm-hmm. Um, we're in shambles out here, right? And so, like, I think today's news really, for me, turned everything on his head, right? Like, so, I mean, you look at his, the the what he, you know, what what he tweeted out today, confirming the three years fully guaranteed for one thirty three, right? Uh-huh. But what Adam Schefter put out there, right, was that going into the fourth year, there's an opportunity for that to go be up to two hundred mil guaranteed if he was still on the roster five days after the new league year starts, and if he didn't get injured, right? He would have 200 million guaranteed. So that's, you know, that changes some things. But for me, looking at it, like, I was, you know, and I've always been, I'm a a Lamar apologist. Like, I was, I've always been in his court through this whole situation. Like, except for when it came out that he wanted fully guaranteed money. Mm Because, you know, we talked about that a bit. I just felt like that was him being used as a pawn in the NFLPA grand scheme of things, trying to push the, because they couldn't negotiate a deal with the NFL to, you know, or they weren't savvy enough to be able to negotiate the terms that they wanted for players going forward. So you use now here a high profile, you know, young quarterback that can change the market for not just his position, but other players, right. By, you know, getting fully guaranteed money, you know, without, everything around it with uh, a massage Watson type situation. Right. So, that yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it's a legit full guarantee. That's just the market. And I just think he's been, you know, poorly sort of uh, uh, counseled in that manner. But I don't know, man, like the, the, the team, man, is they pissing me off. I'm sorry. <laughs> Listen, no, you can say that. That's Turbizaji's fair game. I understand you're yo. a fan. Yo, I mean, like it is. It is very stressful to hear, like, like, bro, like you offered this dude three years fully guaranteed. Essentially, with the four, it's really a four-year contract, right? With the option, uh, you know, essentially that they can sort of cut it, cut them loose, right? right. Essentially, mm-hmm. and for me, it's like, bro, this dude has changed the trajectory of what Baltimore has been viewed as for since 1996, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's really made the offense relevant. He's, you know, the offense has been top. At least top five, if I'm not mistaken, since mm. 20, since he was a starter in 2019, right? And he's won 45 of 61 games that he's played, bro. Like he's major team. I mean, uh, he's what six billion dollars? I think was the number. Like, bro, the organization's made six billion dollars off of this man, right? Like, and that's my issue with you haggling over guaranteed money when he's made you so much. Like right. that's and that's and that's the contentious moments I had with the NFL ownership, University you know, the NFLPA. NFLPA is rightfully, you know, in the, they're they're within their own within their well within their rights. Let me say it that way of 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 asking for top level players. Now, this, I think this is what discrepancy happened when we talked about it on Twitter. Like I'm only get advocating for top level players because the same thing with NBA. Only top level players get guaranteed contracts. Not everybody, right. every Joe Schmo on the roster gets a guaranteed contract. I'm not saying that because again, you know, you get into the dynamics of, of money and things of that nature. But and the way the NFL has it. When you get guaranteed a contract, you have to put every single dollar that's in that contract that's guaranteed in escrow. Now you got to pony up that dough right now. So Lamar t- today or tomorrow got a hundred two hundred million dollars guaranteed money. I got to pick. A, I got to write a check 
and ca- and put that in the bank and say this is Amari's escrow guaranteed side bonus, and it's going to sit there and be divvied out you know over time. But regardless of that, you know I think that the top level players should get guaranteed contracts, especially when you're in a in a top level position such as quarterback. Like if nothing else, quarterbacks going forward should get guaranteed contracts. I mean hell, if Kirk Cousins get a guaranteed contract, damn it, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow. You know, Jalen Hurts, those guys coming up should all get guaranteed contracts, in my opinion. Now, what the number is, you can haggle out over that, you know, because then you go back down, back and forth with Mahomes won two titles. He go on this, you know, air quote team friendly deal. Basically, woo 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 woo. That's fine. But you know, what the numbers are is 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 can go up and down based upon your franchise or or your playing ability or your accomplishments. Because like I said, Lamar's won an MVP. You know, forty five and sixteen as a starter, multiple trips to the playoffs, and had he not got hurt. You know, and we could argue, you know, back and forth about how how he got hurt, you know, in both instances. You know, you could argue that, you know, if he wasn't hurt, they would be in the playoffs and could have made a deep run each time. You know, so, you know, again, I, I don't see what the issue is. You've never had a franchise quarterback in your whole entire history of a of a franchise. Oh, don't disrespect <laughs> Joe Cool, brother. I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to because let's be real. Joe Flacco has never been good, dominant, like Lamar has been in the regular season. Now he had that one magical run that got him paid in the playoffs to watch him yeah, Super Bowl. I, yeah. no, listen, I have no quorum with the Pro Bowl, with, the, with not the Pro Bowl, but the performance in the playoffs. I have no quorum with that. You yeah. got you did you you made your run at the right time and they paid you. You know, which is ironic because Doug Williams did the same exact damn thing and he got let go. But that's a whole other conversation for a whole other day. <laughs> but yet again, you capitalize on your moment. I have no beef with that. Get your money, Joe. That's fine. Now, granted, what he did subsequently after that, because again, he did it. He got paid. Ray Lewis left, and all of a sudden, things were different. You know, mm-hmm. things were different. So when when he couldn't lean on you know the all time great no more. Yeah. You know, and yet you had to more so rely on you to be, you know, be a leader and be the person that can win me games. Things change. Now we we don't we don't these arguments we have with Joe Flacco we don't have with Lamar Jackson. We just That's don't. True. That's true. we don't. So again, what's the what's the issue? Like I I just don't understand why you haggling over the idea. Because I mean, let's be honest. Let's not be a franchise. That's what I think the issue is for me is that they have your team has had a mystique the whole entire time they've been in existence. Like mm-hmm. said, back in the '96. That they are tough nosed, hard nosed, deep as a team, you know, and they you know, they win games as a team. They don't necessarily have a quarterback they can just like like a Mahomes or 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 Jalen Hurts or or you know somebody of that elk, Tom Brady, you know, whoever that could you know basically put your team on their back and and carry them to the finish line, you know. Yeah. But things have changed. The game has changed. If you don't, only team that get you know any type of love in regards to being. Uh, relevant when it comes to contention for titles are teams with good quarterbacks. Right. Take all the teams that get quarterbacks. They're right in the in the odds makers at the top level to say that they're going to be the team that's going to be able to compete for a title at the end. And they typically the ones that are there. Joe Burrow's team made it. Josh Allen's team made it. Justin Herbert's team made it. Trevor Lawrence's team made it. You know, of course, Patrick Mahomes' team made it. I mean, I saw, I'm already at, I'm at five quarterbacks already in the play, and they all made the playoffs. You know, only person you could argue it didn't, you know, air quote, you know, with Tua, but, you know, he was, you know, he was hurt. So, I mean, you know, that, that whole dynamic. But and even got... even more so to that point, though, like mm-hmm. you look at Lamar Jackson, bro, You every other team you just named mm-hmm. has has weapons on the outside, bro. That's like, another problem. Yes, <laughs> talk about it. Speak problem, on it. Like, Speak yo, on it. Like, even you, you talk about Joe Flacco, like I'm not comparing. I will never compare Joe as much as I love Joe. He is no Lamar Jackson, bro. Lamar Jackson is the best franchise quarterback we've ever had. Mm-hmm. Joe never had receivers until Anquan and Tory 
and you know was, was right. that 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 faction. Right. Right. You know, Lamar has been winning and compete like really threatening. Like like you said, if he was healthy last this, this past season, yeah, we I think would have made a little run. Yes, yeah, yes. And so, like, with no weapons, that's with him and Mark Andrews balling, right? It's right, just those two. right. And so, like, yo, like, you haven't invested in this dude. You want to run this dude. This dude is, like, when he's healthy, mm. top 10 passer, top 10 rusher. Like, those are Easy. facts. Those Easy. are facts. And so you want to run this dude to the ground. You want to, mm. you know, milk him for all he's worth, put an injury clause in his contract. Like it's just so disrespectful to me, and then only and now I don't know. We don't know what we don't know. We don't know if Lamar is like I want a short term deal, right? To see you know be able to judge the market again in a few years, and that's mm-hmm. why it was only a three or four year deal. But to me, like you, you respect the person by you know like you and I, like you, you go to your everyday nine to five, like the way that the organization shows you that they they respect you. Don't tell me, you know, show me like what's my check like? Right, like, exactly. Lock him up for five years plus, <laughs> like. You know, and, and give him some a high amount of guarantees, man. I I don't think he wants fully guaranteed. I think I'm. This is you know, no one knows. I think he wants somewhere around two hundred. You know, within the life of the contract. But I don't know, man. This organization is. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm on a fritz right now. Like, and I was eighty percent sure we were going to sign this man, mm. <laughs> but I am. I'm looking at. You know, I know you're going to get to that. So I'm. I'm. A, I'm gonna chill. I'm gonna chill. But man. Yeah, I, I'm. Just, it's, it's it's very frustrating. Very frustrating. Uh, I, I, it's frustrating <laughs> for me, and I'm not even a Ravens fan. I'm just a Lamar fan, and I look at it from perspective like I don't understand what the issue is. I really don't, because like I said, all the accolades, all the things we've gotten, and and what pisses me off too about it is that the fact that everybody wants to you know throw the negative banner out there when oh he's been hurt, he's a running quarterback. You know they kind of they have a lot of angst on whether or not he's going to be a you know a long term you know option. This and the third. I mean, let's be real. I mean, Patrick Mahomes. You know, hurt his ankle two separate times. He's not even a running quarterback. So the idea you can get hurt, not hurt, that's 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 ridiculous to me. You know, to paint that narrative about around him, mm-hmm. or to paint the narrative around him that he's air court injury prone. And let's be real, and I'm gonna say it, he only got hurt because damn it, he did, he had to do everything, and he didn't have anybody to throw to in short order to allow for him to keep the pressure off him. Because let's be honest, he got Both tackled. Times. Got tackled against the Bills that time when he hurt his leg two years ago, you know, because again, he holding the ball in the pocket, right. holding the ball in the pocket. Nobody's open. He gets sacked. He gets hurt. That's one injury. Second injury again, holding the ball in the pocket, deep in the pocket. You know, he stepped up in the pocket, gets tackled again, hurt, sprains his knee. And then, then he get the whole dynamic of people criticizing him. I'm not coming back. You got to realize that people, before people, you know, give their opinions on certain things, you got to put yourself in this person's shoes sometimes. You know, you've been playing games with me about my contract, and I'm at the very moment. I'm on my fifth-year option with no guarantees of anything after this year. So if I go out there and re-injure myself because I went out there too early again, RG three. If I do that and I get hurt and I and I and I further injure myself, and which is going to basically kill my argument of getting a, the max deal that I'm deserving of because I got hurt yet again trying to, you know, air quote put everything along the line for the team. Right. Then what? Right. Then what? So you got to protect your assets, man. At some point, you got to protect your assets. Now, had this been year three and he got hurt and he could have came back, he probably would have had. Right. But the fact that I'm at the very tail end of my deal and there's no guarantees. And you know, he knows just like just like the organization knows that the negotiations aren't going well. We're not close. 
So knowing that and knowing that I, I could ultimately kill my whole argument about me wanting the money, type of money I think I deserve by getting hurt again because I'm already hurt as it is. And, you know, if anybody plays football knows that if you once you get hurt one time, there's a very likelihood that, you know, the longer you play on that injury without getting it fully fixed or fully healed, you get hurt again. So the probability is high. So why would I risk it? And he also proven to a point too. Now you want to, you know, if you want to be honest with it, put the cards on the table. He uh, he was proving a point that you this what the team looks like without me and what it looks like with me. So you easy know, is, easy is schedule going down the stretch, and we won two games. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> barely like, putting up fourteen points a game. Barely, right? So again, I, I don't understand what the issue is. So you know, Coach Kirk. Just brought this, just joined us, just graces with his presence. Finally, got his technical difficulties ironed out. So, tell me what you feel like about this contract negotiation and how you think that it's going so far. What, do you, what are your thoughts on it? First off, I apologize. The moment that Dirty Aaron, I'm not gonna say his last name, curse jumps on my computer, mm-hmm. but um, you know what? It, it's very frustrating to see this play out because. When they say you move in the goalpost, this is a clear sign of moving the goalpost. I'm I'm going to keep race relations out of this. Let's okay. Data, right? Let's look at the data across the board. When you talk about overplaying a contract, Lamar has done that. You're talking. Let's look at records, right? Because. And I'm saying this because when you look at, and I, I'm going to use, you know, you, your your quarterback coach, Justin Herbert, right? Mm-hmm. Joe Burrows, the Patrick Mahomes, right? Let's look at, let's look at that. Patrick Mahomes, the greatest talent, this, this, and he's won this many, and he's done this many things and broke this many. Okay, let's look at Lamar. The same accolades as, as a young quarterback how many wins in this time frame has he eclipsed um mvp done that broken records done that most rushing yards done that most passing yards rushing yards combined done that um completion percentage done that and he was what number 30 what two that year or 31 draft pick in that year 32 the last pick of the first round Last pick, mm-hmm. one of Ozzie Newsom's last, you know, going out draft. And I think Ozzie saw something. But it's frustrating because when you look at the offense that he was placed in, on one hand, you're playing to this strength. But on the other hand, you're not evolving the offense to develop him. You're keeping him in this frame and this box. Mm-hmm. E. Michael Vick, where hey, we're just going to run him, and we're going to keep running him, and we're going to put him in these dire circumstances, and then we're going to curse him for what we're asking him to do. Oh, we're going to run him. We're going to put him out here with these linebackers, defensive ends, defensive tackles, cornerbacks, safeties, but then if he gets hit and if he gets hurt, we're going to criticize him for getting hurt, and we're going to use that against him in contract negotiations. Well, I don't see any of that being used against Patrick Mahomes, who scrambles, right? Who, oh, he he keeps plays alive. He rolls out. Look at the accolades that he got. The, the king of improvisation improv- was improvisation. That's what they call him, the king of improvisation, yeah. Mm-hmm. Look at where he got hurt 
He was hurt scrambling. He did. Hurt multiple times with his ankles scrambling, but the narrative behind it, right? Lamar, when you look at Lamar run, Lamar is very conscious when he scrambles of where people are when he's running. Yeah, right? he has a great sense of awareness. He, definitely he does. Great sense. He was hurt in places where they said he doesn't do enough, enough, enough of. Oh, he's in the pocket. I do not consider him injury prone when you look Man. at how he was hurt and what he was hurt doing. He wasn't rolling on the sideline and got blasted. He was in the pocket like a quarterback narrative they want and was moving in the pocket and was taken down and hurt and injured. Now, again, he's exactly right. I gave y'all that first year and I listened to what y'all said and how you treated me. I come back the second year on the contract and having to bet on myself and now, with no guarantees, I'm hurt, and you want me to come back and do what? No, I'm sitting out. I'm going to let the data show that with me, you have a chance. Without me, and here's the Ravens history. You look at the Ravens when it comes to quarterbacks. They have not been successful evaluating solid quarterbacks consistently. That's their DNA to get subpar, subpar quarterbacks and then overpay them and then get upset. That's their DNA. They have a once-in-a-lifetime generational talent. So here's what I feel about this contract. Let's get over he needs an agent. He's doing yeah. well. And he's and listen, people think Lamar is walking in there butt booty naked like he don't have advisors. Right. Now, I do agree maybe there is – some schmoozing that could happen if you have an agent, right? Some buddy, buddy that you could have go to the golf course. Hey, come on, Ravens, you know, this, this, that could happen with an agent. But as far as negotiating, sitting at the table and people forget about this. And coach, you brought this up when we talked offline, Rokon Smith doesn't have an agent. He does not. He negotiated his contract perfectly fine. He's the highest paid linebacker. At, 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 right, right there. Right here, right now, right here, so right now. Hey, oh, well, the Ravens are not doing this because they want him to have an agent. Hold on. Roquan Smith walked in, non-agent, got his contract signed during the season to make him highest paid. They had no problem paying it. My thing with the Ravens, when you look at this and you look at how they're moving the goalposts, I do think there's some collusion going on. Because when you look at the teams that came out so fast to say, we will not be looking for a quarterback. But all of a sudden, Jimmy G went to the Raiders, didn't he? He did. All of a sudden, uh, Sam Darnold moves. Oh, listen, you got backups getting good money out here. Damon's Winston. Andy Dalton got a contract today with the Panthers. Did you see that? Yes. So all of this, oh, we're not looking. Look, we're not talking about Carson Wentz. We're talking about an MVP candidate that has led the league and an offense that is tight in and running back dependent. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about there's none of these teams that are looking for a generational talent to lead their team. You've you've the never is a lie. Yeah, you've never heard one teammate come out and disparage Lamar. You've not seen the 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 non-football things, meaning at the press conferences on the sideline, teammates shunning him, stepping away from him. He has had 
teammates show up at press conferences. He's been good for TV, his jersey sales. He puts people in seats. And now you're telling me all these quarterback-dependent teams, none of them want Lamar? Right. I 100% believe. So, so D-Bab, give, give Kurt the number again. Tell him, tell him how much the Ra- he's made the Ravens since he's been a starting quarterback. I think it's, I think the number was $6 billion. I, I think $6 billion is the total like to the like league earnings for him, but I think it's $2 billion to the Ravens like directly that he's made over four years. Five I'm going to end on this, and I said this last week. It's 100% the Ravens are, are saying – we're going to allow the league to set the market and use that as leverage against Lamar. Look, Lamar, nobody wants you. I 100% would say if I'm Lamar, and I'm not, but if I am, let's be clear. You've never had one problem out of me. I leave my locker room. I'm an MVP candidate. You win with me and you don't win without me. If you're asking me to take anything else, and I don't care how you figure it out, if you're asking me to take anything less, how much is how much does Deshaun make? Two thirty. Two thirty guaranteed. If you're asking me to take anything less than two twenty-seven, matter of fact, what's my jersey number? Eight. If you're asking me to take anything less than two twenty-eight, and I don't care how you figure it out. If you're asking me to take anything less, your best bet is to get ready to not see me, Lamar Action Jackson, or you trade me. I will not play. And the good thing about Lamar, he has made enough money that he can sit out. And I believe he's one of those players that he will. He will. That, that's a great. That's a great point. You you playing you, you playing me short. You playing with yeah. church. Playing you playing with the church's money right now. You really and are. Listen, them Florida boys. They look. He got a little more. He got the smart side of Antonio Brown in him. There it is. There it is. <laughs> the one without CTE. Uh, yeah. yeah, he ain't got to do the. He ain't got to do, do all that. No, he ain't got to no. do all that. No. Yeah. No, Anybody do all that. like a Tekken character, I wouldn't cross him. Oh, man. <laughs> Not a Tekken man. character. <laughs> oh man, yeah. listen, I, I don't, I don't get it. I really don't. Like, I mean, even it's to the point where, like, if you told me that they offered him two hundred million guaranteed and you gave him thirty million dollars in incentives all over the life of the contract, and that would meet the number, then again, what what are we talking about here? But yet again, I'm not even sure. Like I said, the Ravens aren't saying anything. Lamar finally spoke today about what they offered him initially, and it's three years, one thirty-three. With a slap in the face, especially with what the market is right now, Daniel Jones got freaking forty-something million dollars, and he's a mediocre at best quarterback. So you can't yeah. sit there and tell me that 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 you're paying me market value because again, and it's your own fault because you could have paid me two years ago and the market was different than the way it's now. It's yep. staunchly different, you know. Yes. And the price, you know, yesterday's price ain't gonna be tomorrow's price. Let's be real about it, you know, because they can come in today or tomorrow and Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert can get their contracts early and then guess what? They're, they're gonna reset the market again. They're gonna break the bank when it comes to both of them. And Jalen Hurts as well. Jalen Hurts on the last year of his deal. They can come in tomorrow and say we got a we got a record record breaking extension on on Jalen Hurts, who just went to the Super Bowl. Thank you. <laughs> you know, but you, you, I don't think they're going to get guaranteed money. Do you? Like I don't think, and neither not not one of those three that you just named are going to get guaranteed money. Out of who? Oh, they get a uh, ooh, I, they, Herbert, they get guaranteed money. Girl, uh, and um, uh, see, Philly. Is, uh, is it disparaging between fully guaranteed and getting a lot of guaranteed money? Because I just yeah. I just spoke with the idea of not, of giving him two hundred guaranteed and giving thirty in incentives. So that's not mm-hmm. fully guaranteed two thirty. It's two hundred guaranteed. So over I would how long? say over how long? 
it depends. I mean, and again, you know, with, with, the, with the contract manipulation that they have going on these days, you know, you can you can give them a front loaded contract with first two years and be kind of heavy, but after that, you you, you can kind of work work the numbers. Like I said, Patrick Mahomes' deal doesn't become punitive until he's thirty two years old. You know, so you can work it in that, from that perspective, but you the, the, the sign of bonus is the sign of bonus. Whether you give it to him over five, you give it to him over three, or however many years you want to do it. How how old is he? Twenty six. Twenty five. Twenty five. He's twenty five. So you give him a five year deal, and he, which will make him he, he'll be thirty years old at, at the end of this. So you will because technically, if he's healthy, you will have another ten years of quarterback play out of him. So yes. he, he can get two more max deals. So give him five years, two hundred million, but with thirty in the sentence. It says if you stay healthy through the life, for the length of that five year deal, you get the extra thirty. What's yeah, wrong see, with that? Because you can do it, and I and I heard a I heard it broke down like this: sign him to five, right? Give him three years, guaranteed, front loaded to average out forty six, forty seven million. Make him right there, but then you know those last two years are going to be renegotiation years anyway, so. You make it five years, give him the three years. The third year he comes up, you negotiate that and switch it around and manipulate that again and sign him from that third year another four to five years and give him, quote unquote, the guaranteed money that he could get over two contracts. The problem is all of a sudden to me and 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 Coach Bev and, and Bev, I give it to you after this. The Ravens are acting like they don't have anybody financially smart enough to f- manipulate the cap to figure out how well, they do. Well, what do you what are you saying? Because I, I see you, I see you pondering right now. You looking like you looking like you're on a Will Smith movie right now. <laughs> you said a Will Smith movie. <laughs> no, nah, I, I just look at it, and this is where I do. Yeah, and I think this is where shops uh, uh, coach that got and I got it on in on Twitter like. I actually side with the owners in this regard where you can't well, I, say Lamar, and this is probably what is true. I, I think everything we're talking about, I think Lamar wants to match, you know, Deshaun's deal of 230 fully guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not like fully, like, you know, what is it, five years, 230 fully guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah. But in order to give him 230 guaranteed without giving him a fully 100% guaranteed contract, you got to sign on what, six, seven years? What in what world is or is, would any smart business person, you know, say I'm going to be locked into this quarterback with his style of play? And like, let's be let's be real. Like, and I'm not I, listen. I, I'm not. I'm taking off the the fandom jacket right now, right? Seven. You're saying a seven year contract, two thirty guarantee, maybe a seven years, like somewhere around like three thirty, three forty, right? With two thirty guarantee, that's crazy bro like to me like and so you look at and then you talk about like this period where all these teams come out and say you know i don't i'm out on him and i i truly believe that you know this is an owner's type of you know boys club where they're like there's no way in hell shout out it to man, my man ruxton it's collusion it, it is i mean but for the right purpose right like you again we got burrow we got herbert we got hertz all coming up on contracts they're not trying to make this a trick oh it's right? gonna get worse though you gotta realize that i promise you that joe burrow and justin herbert and jalen hurts are going to command at least 50 to 55 million dollars annually annually so and this is my thing like i just said five years over at 200 million dollars that is mm-hmm. on average only 40 million dollars mm-hmm. it was only 40 but you're giving yep. them the guaranteed money though that's a difference like but i think between having, both, right 
Huh? Like, I no, think he wants the APY. You don't think he has the average? I, per I year? think it's about the guarantee. I think he just wants the guarantee. It's not about the the annual salary. I think he don't want to be the highest paid because Aaron Rodgers is making almost sixty million dollars. So I think he don't want to be sixty. I think he just wants to be, have the guarantees up front because you got to realize that again, you again, you messed around with this this idea of signing him so long that I I'm at a crossroads as a player. And Lamar Jackson, I'm a, as a player, I'm at a crossroads. You know, because again, if you're especially, and this is something I, I kind of alluded to earlier, and I think me and uh, Coach Kurt talked about this backstage, is that you got to realize that Lamar is at a point. If if the Ravens don't do anything to change the way they they operate, when they're talking about how they who they draft and who they bring in, the weaponry that they have, then I'm going to be at high risk for the next five years because we're a running team. We're a running team. I have one good tight end. I have a stable of running backs. And I have no receivers. So if I can't sit back, get the get get the ball off, and have somebody get open from a perspective that I don't have to take a lot of unnecessary punishment, then I'm I'm at, I'm at high risk. So I need guarantees that I'm going to be able to either one have enough money. So if I can't play any longer because I got beat all the hell, then I I've made my money. This is the moment I got to make my money right right now. I can't I can't bet on the future. They're going to protect me because they haven't expressed that in five years. Five years they haven't expressed that. Kevin that. So I got to understand that, that I got to get all the money I can right now because guess what? If if all things remain equal and nothing changes from the next five years on, which again you haven't shown me that you that you have the propensity to to want to help me outside, outside the outside the hashes, you know, in the receivers court that I have, yeah. then then I then I have to be able to understand that I need this money now because again, if I'm 30 years old, look at Cam Newton. They did the same thing to Cam Newton. They ran they ran Cam Newton to death. Didn't have no, didn't have a number one receiver until he got DJ Moore. DJ Moore was a rookie at the time when he, when he was at the end, towards the end of his contract. Yeah. Chris McCaffrey stayed hurt. He had a running back and a one wide receiver. That's it. That's all he had. So, and again, at 31 years old, he could barely, you know, you know, make a backup role as on a roster. So you got to look at that from that perspective. So I got to be able to understand that this money is going to carry me. You know, my financial future is in, is at risk here when it comes down to the type of money I, I should get at this moment. And again. You know, and all, and all the people that you that have come before you that has been in a situation, RG three, Cam Newton, they didn't they didn't have the accolades that I had in their rookie season that that, that I had. So, you know, you got to look at what you made about RG three, and I love what RG three said when, you know, it was the discussion between what Vic said and RG three said, mm-hmm. and RG three posted that picture when he had the knee brace on, uh-huh. and he said, "This is not the time." To be a warrior and to come back early and playing on a knee that's not stable. He shows that picture. RG3 was never the same player. Never. Never. Coming back when he his knee was still messed up and he went out there and hurt his knee again, he was never the same player again. And I, and I would and, argue, too, that he came back too early because he hurt that knee in December. Early. And he, yep. come, he came back and played the second game of the season. That's too soon. Wait too soon way too soon so he really he literally took years of his career by doing stuff like that and being team you know team oriented so again he never made it to the second contract never so and his style of play is based off the offense they put him in my only thing is you can't it's hard to me it's baffling how you punish him for the way you play him right yeah. i can understand that they had a pocket you know, if they had a Patrick Mahomes type offense crafted for him and this happened, I could understand. I but when, when you are literally asking your quarterback 
to carry 180 plus times and he's doing it. He's not hurt when he's rushing. He's hurt sitting in the pocket and you don't have anything around him to throw to. Uh you look what when Hollywood Brown was there, the Ravens receivers had the highest drops as a team of any NFL team. Mm-hmm. So that's my thing. You're fine with playing him, but then when it's time to pay him, you, you don't want, want to pay the Piper. We can't. We can't do that now. He mm-hmm. his style of, and I know you're not saying this, Coach Bell, but his his style of play is dangerous. We're uncertain. Uh, uh, of what we're going to get with him, he's it's dangerous. He's he's a risk. Well, he wasn't a risk the previous four seasons when he was doing what he was doing, and he was spin moving and he was doing everything that he was doing at the time. He wasn't a risk then. He was fine. So grind him into the ground, but then when it's time to pay him, you, you're 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 hurt, right? If if look. If Kirk Cousins can get three years, eighty-four million, please let's not explain. say that Lamar. Yeah, make the math. To me. I mean, yeah, and Medea Jones gets forty to four, forty-two million dollars over one season. Actually, half a season because he wasn't good for the first half of the season. He was yeah. only good in the back half. It was Saquon early, him late, and, and for you can get forty-five million dollars over half a year. The damn it, Lamar should be able to get sixty million. You're getting five million after breaking a run and getting to the ten yard line and falling down off your own feet. Come on, man. I'm tying my jersey up in the back. I'm wearing sunglasses. I'm walking into the Ravens facility every day with purple and black Crocs on. What you see right here and nothing below the waist. Y'all going to figure it out. Word, word, word. Y'all going to figure this out or I'm going to show up like Listen, this. I, I, I just want to put on record that Coach Kurt has an affinity with one to walk into the places with no pants on. I no just want to put that out there. He has an affinity because every time somebody's in awe, up in arms with their situation when it comes to sports, he, he suggests that they walk in. <laughs> <laughs> That's how he left. The penalty for walking in with no draws on. Nah, I, just, I just, I just want to point that out. I just want to point that out. Man. So while he Man. gets his stuff together and comes back yeah. into the stream, let's talk yeah. about let's talk about what where we where we going where we're headed, right? Mm-hmm. Where we're mm-hmm. headed. You laughed so hard you took yourself off the stream, huh? <laughs> I do have affinity for that because I'm like, if you're going to be uncomfortable, you're not going to make me uncomfortable. If we're going to get uncomfortable, we're both going to get uncomfortable. Okay. And there it is. Okay, now you explain it. You explain it. I got it. I'm with it now. I'm with it now. Oh, pay me. <laughs> Show me the money. Rock it well. Rock it well. Show me the money. I'm with it. I'm with it. So, this is a kind of a two-part question. Let's ask this question. Let's get the panel's, uh, 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 I guess you could say, opinion on it. So, at the moment we are, he's on a non-exclusive franchise tag. And uh, in order to uh, acquire him, you have to give him a deal that he agrees upon. He has to sign the tender in order, in order to be traded. And the, and the team that's going to basically trade for him, we have to give up two first-round picks. So, do we think, as a panel, do we think he'll be traded? And if you don't, I think he'll be traded. Will he play on a franchise tag? I'll go first. He's not going to play. And they're not going to. 
Okay. He, he's not going to play on that franchise tag. Okay. That, if I remember the numbers right, it's 32 million. That's it. To hell he will. Mm-hmm. He won't, and his mama won't allow him because his mama called him Lamar. Uh-huh. He will not play on 32 million. And again, looking at Daniel, I just think it is a football smarts thing with Lamar and it's principle. Now you want to pay me 32 million and I'm looking at New York and you're paying that quarterback 40 plus who has done one third of what I've done. I don't give him a third. I don't give him a third. Yeah. 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 Don't do that. (laughs) I'm not playing. And Oh, by the way, the Ravens are going to be petty as well. And, and, do what they do. So that's my feelings. Uh, what, what I, are you feeling? All right, wait a minute. Let me ask this, Coach Bell. Are you the owner or are you the fan right now about to answer? Because we Oh, I'm the, I'm the I'm the fan. I'm the fan, oh. but I'm the fan that I think is, you know, this like I said, I was very optimistic. I was like 80% sure we were gonna do the right thing and lock him up. And why I thought we were gonna lock him up long term is because of free agency. This is where EDC Ozzy get get up, you know. Free agency is where they will and deal, and they. This is how our team is built, right? And mm. so, right now, we 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 will have ten million after tomorrow. But if we re, if we're able to sign Lamar, we'll end up with you know around twenty mil or so, right? So we can start making some moves. Um, and that's why I thought he would be locked up by now. But realistically, Lamar is yo know, Lamar like he does not care, bro. Like this dude is unfazed by <laughs> everything. And listen. Like, when you when you try to make a statement, you have to be. You have to have yeah. a Thanos level of determination, right? When it comes down to what you want, if you want to get what you want in this in this business. So I am fifty five percent on that, and I think honestly, realistically, I'm looking at what the Colts are doing, and the Colts have me scared right now because <laughs> trading Stefan to to Dallas, uh huh, c- cutting Matt Ryan today, mm-hmm. they freed up. With doing just that, twenty-seven mil, going yep. in in cap space, and that yep. I think they already had like what forty or thirty something like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. What do you what are you about to do with that, bro? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So put yeah. Lamar and Jonathan Taylor together. Listen, with those receivers, Pittman and Pierce. Yeah, that's a problem. I'm nervous. I'm nervous, and you know the other thing with that they have pick four, EDC. The the front office will see a, a number four overall pick as an opportunity to start over. If they get if if and and Jim Ersay, I think personally, he took that that butt whooping Lamar gave them a couple years ago when he went with thirty eight for forty two, yeah, four uh, or five something one. like that. Yeah, he took that personal, bro. Okay, they like so this opportunity to to bring him in and that fourth that number four overall pick, I think is going to be something that. EDC ain't going to be able to pass on. And, and it's going to be angst about. in that because you know Carolina moved up, so you know they're taking a quarterback. Right. And Texas have got to take a quarterback. So you're going to have yeah. two quarterbacks off the board. So, and the third pick, I believe, who was the third pick um, in the draft? I can't remember. The Arizona. Time Arizona. So you know they're not taking one. So you got opportunity. So if Ursay is at four, either you take a quarterback or he's going to have, or he's going to have a quarterback already, which that's going to leave you with Levis or, or Richardson. Which to me, I mean, that'd be how, how ironic would that should be? Like literally, what they're going to get Richardson to replace Lamar? Like, how crazy would that be? Like, seriously, like how crazy would that be? With for them to get Richardson, a taller, 
you know, fat, maybe fat. I don't know if they, because Lamar didn't run the 40. So I don't know what Lamar has a 4 5, 4 4 40. I'm not sure where his 40 time is at. But uh, basically, a bigger version of Lamar to replace him. That'd be crazy to me. That'd be crazy to me. Now, if they had no. the choice, I would like to believe that they don't want to necessarily see Lamar on a regular basis. So they would probably be more apt to trade him to the NFC, you yeah. know, for me. Like, I think the NFC team came calling, and even though they had a lower pick, and the, uh, in the, uh, in the, Coach came calling. I would more be optical with the NFC team because I don't want to see Lamar's face. I don't want to see your face. I want to see your face, <laughs> I want to see your face <laughs> for the next four to five years. I don't want to uh, see it. So let Jim Mersey get on a boat and have some of that booger sugar. Uh, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Jim Mersey, when he get that booger sugar, he he liable listen, to do he, he, right? he do anything. He, I mean, he probably listen, he was he clearly was on the booger sugar when he hired Jeff Saturday. So that mm. that's that's we mm. know that he has propensity to make rash decisions. Okay. <laughs> you know, he can't be trusted. So uh, that that from that perspective, I believe that that, that, that it's possible. So I am with you there. Mm. But yeah, you know, for me, so do you, so you think he will be traded? Will not? So what, so what do you waver with that? You know, does he play on a tag? How you feel? Like, give, give me your honest opinion. I I mean, deep down inside, as a fan, I hope we pay him and lock him. I want Lamar Jackson as my quarterback for the next I, X I agree. Of years. I right, agree. Like he our team is built to win right now on defense. It is, and it is on all. We have a good old line, running back room. Tight end room. We just need receivers, right? Right. But, so take them, take them draft picks you got and spend it on receivers only. That's all you need. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Receivers in one corner. Re- one, two receivers, one corner. The rest is the wash. <laughs> right, right. You got to hit on what? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, like we're not built to start over with Eva uh, 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 Tyler Huntley or any other interim quarterback or young quarterback. So, I'll, the fan in me hopes we get it done. If we can't get it done, I don't see another team outside. The Colts are the only ones right now because everyone else is already making some crazy moves like Atlanta. Uh, the Panthers ain't giving up the first overall. Like, you know, it's it's just looking like right now between like a, a – not even Chicago is out the picture now. So it really is just like the Colts. Kurt, Kurt really do Bev ain't watched the show last week. He ain't watched the show last week. <laughs> What's up? Because <laughs> what I have for you is uh-huh. is, is, is going to be interesting – Dynamic that could that's very possible in there, and and the signing that happened today makes it even clearer to me that they could do it. The commanders, oh man, the commanders, right down to ninety five. Listen, you we we you're DMV born and bred, you know, yeah. straight yeah. down to ninety five. Yeah, right down to ninety five. Playing in FedEx versus playing in 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 M and T. They got they got yeah. the draft capital. There's a pot. They got the money. They cut Carson Wentz. Tyler Heineke mm-hmm. just went to the That's Falcons. True. I want to say. That's Did he go true. to the Falcons? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Heineke's gone. So Jay- you, all you, you left with Sam Howell alone. Yep. Uh, you, all you left with is Sam Howell. And if, yeah. if I'm Eric Bieniemy, you know because he's got something to prove. Clearly, give me Lamar. If I'm give Eric. me Lamar Jackson. Because let's be yeah. honest. If you need a quarterback and you're not sure, if you, you don't you know unless you wild about Sam Howell, which I don't know why yeah. you would. Mm-mm. I don't know why you would. If you unless you're wild with Sam Howell, know for sure I can get the type. I can get Patrick Mahomes like production out of out of Sam Howell, and I know that I'm not going to be draft high enough in the next two years to get a quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just a first round pick. We're not talking about. I don't have to give him a whole draft. See, people get too wrapped up in the idea of giving him a first round pickup. There's still mm-hmm. six more rounds. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he's also yep. got compensatory picks. So yep. all I have to do is give up a first this year, which is going to be in a mid-tier. They got, they got yep. like the 17th pick. Yep. And then they got to, and then if, if I'm competitive next year, I'm damn sure not going to be in the top five again. 
Mm. Yep. So with the defense I have, I want to be competitive. So I'm not going to be two and fifteen. So you know those two picks can go for a franchise quarterback. I have the the money and the capital to pay him now. I got a brand new offensive coordinator. I got a solid defense. I got the weaponry. I got two good backs. I got three good receivers. I got a good tight end. I just boop. I just I just purchased two O linemen in free agency. Mm-hmm. Why not? You know what scares me about that? It like, because they got a crazy enough owner to do that. Just with exactly. everything he's going through right now. Listen, that's the last f you, the last the middle league. finger to the league. I'm gonna give him two hundred dollars, two hundred million dollars guaranteed, and yeah. I'm gonna have to make the next owner pay it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yo, yeah. That's real. That's real. Do it. Why not? Do it. Why, Why not? Why not? Why wouldn't? When you look at again, when you look at. I played with Patrick Mahomes. I can now develop and and take what I've uh, been successful with Patrick Mahomes, integrate this with Lamar, and go from there. Everything Coach said, you're talking about having at least top five trio of receivers. Easy. You have a running back now that's up and coming. You have mm. two good backs up and coming a solid tight end so when you look at offensively you basically can duplicate a lot of what you've done in Kansas City successfully now with Lamar and here's the other thing when you look at and I think this is where it makes sense to go ahead and trade that first round pick you're looking at a player who has been in the league five years but is technically about three years older then the quarterback's coming out now. Mm-hmm. But he's been playing. He's a vet. It's going to take at least two years for any quarterback you get right now to really turn around and be successful. With or, no weapons. With no weapons, mind you. Or you get a player that's been in the league five years, understands the NFL nature, the 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 uh, the, the verbiage, the information, He's a vet at five years, but he's only 25. So now you bring him in and you go ahead and pay him and you merge him with Airbnb and what y'all going to do? Because we're going to sign the contract, then I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. And they already talked about they done backed off of him. Mm -hmm. Again, I don't know what he has on people, but they didn't, hey, let's slow down a little bit. Okay, I'm going to slow down. I'm going to roll out. I'm going to pay Lamar, bring him to Chocolate City, <laughs> and then make sure that Baltimore and Washington is playing each other uh, next season, this upcoming season. Thank you very much, NFL. Two middle fingers. Yep. I'm out. Right. I, could see, I could really see that. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. you go off of the reports that, you know, they came out. Well, they were one of the first teams, right, said they out. But, yeah, what what that mean? We've seen people like – Give lip service like that before, right? Like, right. Yeah. I, but I don't recall the commander saying they're out. I've noticed that Atlanta did, the Panthers yep. did, you know, yep. a few other teams. But I don't. I, the commanders yeah. haven't said anything. I've heard anything from Ron Rivera, Eric Benjamin. I haven't heard anything. So that wow. tells me that you know you it, it, the the ball is in play. Like you're still on the court. It ain't it ain't left. So if I'm Eric Benjamin and I sign this, I show up in church shoes, a wife beater, and we got money chain, and that's it. <laughs> Let's do it. I'm telling you, man. 
You know, and again, what what a new owner going to really say? You got a franchise quarterback, you got all the weapons and and all and, and the coaching that you need, you know, to win. You're going to be successful. And and let's be real, the, the the I don't know what the Giants are doing necessarily with Daniel Jones, but you got two quarterbacks and two teams that are loading up for the future. Like like the Cowboys made some savvy moves. They got Gilmore today, like you said. You know, they yeah. signed a safety. You yeah. know, and they looking in the draft to add some more offensive weapons. The Lions coming back healthy. Um, you know, refranchise tag Tony Pollard. The Eagles, you know, going to sign Jalen. They brought back Bradbury. You know, so they they and they and they got two first round picks. So they will get two good players again to add to that Frankens. So you got to if you want to be able to be competitive for sure. You don't want to go. You got to go. You got to go hard to paint. You got to because right now you're 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 looking at finishing number four in your division. Right, it's very now. possible with Brian Dayball's offense. Yes, if you don't have a, a dynamite quarterback, you will likely finish fourth. And that's going into the season. Like you have a shot. Let's everybody sh- hurt. You know how much money he will make for DC? A lot. And the words is the words of 21 Savage, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's really getting to that point though, where like you really start to get the feeling, like, you know, just with him tweeting like he he tweeted today, where you you thought this was supposed to be negotiations, like the uh EDC, the GM said, like, you know, it's good faith conversations, like no one's leaking anything. I mean, you know, he didn't technically leak anything but you know he was just tired of y'all lying like that's what it was i'm just sucking you yeah. lying yeah acting act, act like i'm turning down anything but what a deshaun watson get now now granted now, I, I will say with a grain of salt that deshaun watson deal is a bit of an outlier i'm gonna say i'm gonna be yeah. honest about this you know and i and i say that i say that because of this the browns are what you call a desperate franchise yes so desperate franchises and i'm gonna get into this one this is gonna fire chris crate up so watch watch a bed watch them bed watch what i'll tell you i'm great i'm great set this up real good the, the Browns are a desperate franchise, Eat right? So much. <laughs> it's your you black so skin. Hey, <laughs> black keys on the piano. But anyway, <laughs> but anyway, the, the, the Browns are a desperate franchise. They never had a good franchise quarterback in, in in our lifetime. You can count all the years together, and they've never had a good franchise quarterback, right? Including Baker Mayfield. I said it. So they are a desperate franchise. So they had to make desperate moves and. And and in in part, the same thing the Jets got going through right now. They're a desperate franchise. They never had a good franchise quarterback ever. Joe Namath was the only guy they ever had, and I wasn't born then when he was quarterback, and, and he was only there for like two years. Nine. Yeah. So they're desperate. So they got to they got to kowtow and capitulate to what these quarterbacks and they, their demands and they, what they want because they got to have it, right? No, I got no. everything around you that I need except for a quarterback. So I got to do what I got to do. I got to I got to run these list of demands. That Aaron Rodgers is asking for. I got to pay Lamar Jackson a fully guaranteed contract when he was already on a heavy deal from Houston already. You know, make him one of the richest quarterbacks ever. Now, granted, if he comes back and plays like Houston, Lamar, Houston Deshaun, then it's it, it well worth it, right? But you don't know because he ain't played in two years. So right. th- that conference, that contract is a little bit of an outlier. That's why I say you bring it back a little bit, you bring the reins back a little bit. Let's have that discussion. Like, look, we'll give you two hundred million dollars guaranteed, and we'll yep. give you thirty million dollars in incentives. So it kind of matches, but it kind of doesn't. That way you get your money up front, and let's be real. Like I said, the cap number is kind of low at this moment, so you're going to have to get a lot of guarantee money on the first two years. And a lot mm-hmm. of guarantee money make his cap number real low. Hell, do what you did with Deshaun. Deshaun had a million-dollar contract, and all his money, this other part of his contract was all fully guaranteed. Yep. Do what you got to do. Do what you got to do. Because yet again, if you sit on this and you make this a, a, a long, elongated process, all they're going to do is make Lamar even that much more unhappy. 
And do you really want an unhappy franchise quarterback? I don't think you do. I don't think and you do. With the new contracts that are going to be signed, he's going to have even more leverage. That's what I said. Yesterday's price ain't going to be tomorrow's. So, you got to do what you got to do. But listen, if you keep messing around and commanders coming with that deal, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with the Ravens, but the commanders will be looking pretty. To be real about it. He's going to hit that line from Harlem Knights. Uh, hey, put your mom on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> look look oh, here. No. I ain't never come home more. Take it easy. Right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, it just a part of me thinks like whoever made like if it is Washington, I, I don't know. I, I, you know, the fan of you wants to believe that we'll match because we have that opportunity. Yeah. Right, yeah. To match. Yeah. Right. True. Do we I, I think we value Lamar enough to match anything that's not, you know, ridiculous. You know, so I, this is me hoping. I, I don't know what I don't know. You know, I'm not there. True. Right now, you you gave him that Washington. You broke down the Washington. <laughs> no, that's real. That's <laughs> not a savage, bro. He'd be like two fifty. <laughs> right. 250 yeah, let's go two fifty. Let's go two fifty. And then and the owner, the new owner, just got a grin and bear it because again, he's a franchise quarterback. He's making you money. He's bringing fans back into the arena. Because let's be real, you ain't getting no fans in the seats right now, Daniel. So guess what? You answer all, you check all those boxes off to say that all the problems you have with your franchise now, they're fixed with a franchise quarterback. And with Scary Terry, bro. That, that, Terry, that's actually listen, nasty, bro. Scary Terry, this, this John Dotson, who I love, yeah. by the way. I love Don, John Dotson. Yeah. Curtis Samuel in the slot. Logan, Logan Thomas. Thomas. Two good Brian, running backs. You just rebuilt your own line. You need one more, probably, which you can get in the draft. You need yep. one more lineman. And you're off and running. They just resigned Ron Payne to a long-term deal. He holding down the middle. Chase Young coming back healthy. Sweat. Allen. Mm-hmm. Uh, this jacket off. I'm trying to tell you. Hey, man. Jamin <laughs> Davis in the middle. Jamin Davis in the middle. Oh, I mean, come on, man. Like, literally. The only thing you really probably got to do is show up your secondary. Yeah. And it's a deep drafting from a cornerback perspective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Yeah, if they let him walk, man, this is the biggest, like, like every the, the whole front office need to go, bro. Like, I, well, I, and we need an exclusive because we got to. I need, I need real time reaction. If they, if they screw this up, you got to come right back and be like, look, yes. tell, tell us exactly what is going bro. on. Like, this is gonna be a therapy session for you. We got seriously, yeah. seriously, we we'll have a therapy session. You cannot fumble this, like, no, yeah, no, because no matter back. where he goes, they're gonna benefit from it. And the Ravens gonna be, be all starting from ground zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, start from ground yeah. zero. And you just come back with your blue blanket. We'll we'll have that therapy session. <laughs> right. We'll we'll get we'll get the wide angle lens out and, sit and shoot you from the couch. We'll shoot you from the couch. Emotional damage. <laughs> we'll play Carl Thomas's emotional album. Right, we'll we'll, right, we'll play right, that right. for you. We'll play that for you. So yeah. Happy face. Yeah. So I, again, I think we're all in agreement that they need to take care of business and just, you know, what, what, you know, again, if you don't want to prolong it, because like you said, you, you're being hamstrung by the idea of what he's going to do because you don't, you can't make any other moves in free agency. Like you just can't, you just got to hold him for it. Like, you know, you got trying to hard to, you know, work hard to get this done because again, there's nothing else to be done. The same thing with the Jets going through. They're being, being held hostage by Aaron, you know, and his bull. Yeah. So, you know, what do you do? Like they all here making, you know, and let's be real. I'm going to say this one thing and we're going to move on. 
Now imagine a scenario where he tell you tell you all these demands and then he just say, Oh, I'm gonna retire. I can see it happening though. Like, what is he gonna say tomorrow? Yo? You, you know he's gonna be on uh what Pat, um, Pat McAfee, Pat right? You're gonna be a Pat McAfee show tomorrow. Listen, I'm pulling <laughs> listen, if I'm the GM, I'm if I'm good at Koontz or Mark Murphy, I'm pulling up on site. <laughs> like it's like it's not even listen, there's no talking, it's on site. Bro. Like you know, and I and and then I got the Jets GM and them behind me to finish the job off. Like we like you're not going you're not going to do all this right. and then they flew out around. to Wisconsin, bro. They flew Look, out, bro. They got on the jet that day. Thank oh, this man, bro. and he gave him a list of demands. Like <laughs> what? In what world does a quarterback like we're arguing? Listen, we're arguing Lamar Jackson shouldn't should be signed, and Aaron's mm. getting away with murder here. <laughs> Like this is crazy. Like, how the hell did a person that barely won one Super Bowl, mm. and that was oh. 10, 12 years ago, oh. get all this leverage? And he's thirty eight freaking years old, and a twenty five year old can't get paid. That's tough because it hurt because uh, it's real. Yo. It's, that, so that I'm saying I'm speaking real. to all truth, bro. Stop me when I stop telling the truth. Yeah. So I'm just saying. Mm. I'm just saying. But anyway. We're going to let that lie. We're going to let that rest. Curry is pissed off. He didn't put his head. Noise canceling headphones on. <laughs> noise canceling. Those are noise canceling headphones right now. So we're going we're gonna to get off with our draft segment. You going to stay for the for the draft take or you going you gonna, to you gonna take your leave? I got to I, I, I got to go lick my wounds right now, man, because you just you just dropped some something for me to pardon on a little hey, bit. Hey, man. Hey, like, listen. That's what I'm here for, brother. Listen, <laughs> I, I break the news. I right. get I, 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 I'm, I It's uncomfortable, but it's real. It's uncomfortable, but it's real. So we appreciate you coming through, though. You know, say like I said, we're gonna keep you know we're gonna monitor this situation closely. And like I said, we if it it comes up positive or negative, we gotta bring you back so we can uh we can discuss it. You know, um, like I told Coach Mike Dub last week, our we're on episode ninety six. We got three more shows before episode one hundred. We gotta get you back for episode one hundred. Definitely, that's the week of the fourteenth. Absolutely. So, you yeah. know, hopefully we've got some good news by then. Yeah, hopefully by then we've got some good news. <laughs> Get you on the show for the 14th, for the 100th episode. So, you know, block some time off on Tuesday that week so we can get you back on with Coach Mike Dub. We're going to bring everybody in for the 100th episode, and then we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna have a party. Absolutely. Have that's a party. awesome. Thanks for having me as always. So, appreciate so you, brother. Appreciate that's you, man. So that's Coach Bev. Like I said, we'll, we'll bring him back hopefully by the time, you know, Lamar signs, inks that deal, and we'll be a Raven for life. All right. So let's talk about the draft as we wrap this show up here. Yes. So we're doing an ongoing segment with uh, the NFL Draft Showcase. Um, we did quarterbacks last week. Um, we're going to do position by position all we up leading to the draft. We got about seven weeks to give or take before the draft hits. And our last uh, segment for this will be the week of the draft. So we're going to do running backs and tight ends this week. And we're going to go through and and basically give our overview of who I who we feel like is our guy. You know, we had if we had one opportunity to draft one or two guys in the draft. Who will we go after? So, looking at the draft class, this is some notable names. Um, when it comes down to prospects that are uh, in the, they're coming up in the draft that recently participated in the combine. Um, you have uh, running backs of B. J. Robinson, Jamar Gibbs, uh, Zach Charbonnet. I don't, I don't know. Devin Akane, Dwayne McBride. Tight ends, you have Dawson Kincaid, Mike Mayer, Luke Musgraves, Sam Laporta, Darnell Washington, Tucker Crabb, Josh Wild, Luke Schoonmaker, Will, Will Mallory, Cameron Lutt, and Zach Koontz. So, 
give me your takes on how you feel about the running backs for starters. Like who, you know, if you're picking in the first or second round, like, and you needed a, a star running back, you know, who's your guy and why? Um, I would say for no matter the offense, I go with B. John Robinson. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, from watching him in college and then projecting to what he could do in the NFL, I think he's the safest for no matter what your offense is. Mm. Outside of that, um, Gibbs has surprised me, right? Going back and looking at some of his film and tape and then seeing what he ran uh, at the NFL draft, I think depending on your offense, uh, Gibbs could be actually, and this is crazy to say, a steal for a team. Yeah, I know. But, We're talking about 200 pounds, 436. Yeah, man. I mean, he's definitely an athlete. And can boogie. So outside yeah. of that, uh, I, B. John Robinson is the clear-cut um running back in this draft. I think uh, Devon Akane could uh-huh. be sneaky, but yeah, it's B. John Robinson, clear-cut number one running back. Okay. Um, you know, this it's one guy, it was two guys, actually. One that persist, didn't, well, actually, both of them didn't, didn't participate in the combine now. Look at it, uh, uh, these two guys. But yeah, I'm with you with, uh, with B. John. Like, he's a he's an every down back, 4'4", 220 pounds, six foot tall, 20 years old. I mean, you know, what, he, what can he do? You know, right. I mean, that's a pretty obvious choice. But there's a couple of sneaky ones that I want to kind of, you know, hit on that people haven't necessarily been paying attention to. Dwayne McBride at UAB. He didn't participate in the combine, but he's a very sneaky and 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 uh, elusive back that uh, you can get in later rounds. Like, if you're looking to draft the running back, but you don't necessarily want to spend a first or second round pick on him, third, fourth, fifth round, you could probably sneak Dwayne McBride off and, and have a really good solid running back, right? Um, so many teams have been moving draft running backs around hell. Austin Eckler then requested a trade from the Chargers. So shit. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what what's gonna happen there. But yet again, you know, because a lot of people are arguing that they, they might, you know, if he could trade it for some picks, they might pick Bijan first and then go, yeah. you know, receiver tight end later. But mm-hmm. regardless, you know, I think that clearly, like I said, Bijan is the is the is the odds-on favorite. But Dwayne McBride is a sneaky one. Now, it's one more one is even more sneaky that which is kind of baffling to me how you fell off the radar. From from last year in the last year to this year is Sean Tucker. Now, mind you, Sean Tucker is 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 the Syracuse running back. He played okay. Syracuse. Yeah, 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 yeah. He did okay. Yeah. Right. So he is to me. I I thought that by by this particular time this year he was going to be the number two back, and mm-hmm. he didn't play. He didn't participate in the combine. I'm not sure. I have to get back into why he hadn't participated in the combine and whether or not he's going to do pro day or whatever he's going to do. But I think for my money, based on his film, like the kid can boogie. Like I think somebody's going another another team's gonna get a steal because again, he's not on people's radar. Like he's not in anybody's top five running backs right now. So I think that if you snuck off getting him in the third or fourth round, you know, you're gonna get a steal. And he's gonna be his day one starter for me. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean again, as long as his health is good. And you know if he if he can produce like he produced in college and on a team like Syracuse who isn't a powerhouse team from a college football perspective, then if, right. you can, if you can do what you, if you can boogie in that in that arena, then I'm sure you can boogie in the NFL. You know, fast. I mean, he gives me he gives me a lot of Barry Sanders vibes. You know, when he runs after the when he runs after the after the catch. So, yeah, I think Sean Tucker is a sneaky one for me. So if I had, if I wouldn't if I didn't have a shot at Bijan, I would go after somebody like that in later rounds, Dwayne McBride or 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 Sean, because again, they're gonna be very productive for you and very sneaky good for you, and you wouldn't have to pay a high high price for. Yeah. You know, so I, I like those two guys. 
Yep, I'm right there with you. Yep. So when it comes down to tight ends, now this is a loaded tight end class. Loaded. Yes. Yes. Loaded tight end class. So, so who's your guys? You know, guy, guy or guys um, that you have your eyes on when it comes down to the tight ends. Well, I'm gonna tell you right now. Uh, after after watching the NFL Combine, mm-hmm. this guy has you gonna Scott steal my guy. You gonna steal my guy? Go ahead, though. Listen, one hundred percent. I don't even have to say his name, but you're right. He 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 is a victim of playing behind another dynamic tight end who's coming out next year from Georgia. Uh, I think he wasn't able to fully show his skills at Georgia, uh, which is crazy that he I know. is number. He was number two, which tells you how good uh, the number one tight end I think is. If I remember, Brocker or Bocker um, mm-hmm. is right. But what I saw at the NFL Combine with the height, the weight, the way he could move. I think he's better than Kyle Pitts, who is dynamic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's crazy that all three of those tight ends were at Georgia around the same time. That's yeah. that's the that, that, is, that tight end room was crazy when they were all together that one year. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, oh that my tight end room was crazy. So you're talking about Darnell Washington, right? Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Okay. I just want to say the name for the cool audience. I just want the audience to know the name. Seven, what, ran a four, six? Yeah, oh, I'm gonna give you the numbers. Just, just, just give me a second. Six yeah. foot seven, two hundred and seventy pounds. Oh, sweet Jesus! Four six forty. Yes. Ten two and abroad. Ran a four flat shuttle and a thirty one inch vertical at sixty eight, and put a twenty one uh, reps on a bench. What if I said? You know what? I'm not even gonna get into it. His his stats speak uh, enough. Now, after that, that's where it gets interesting when you start looking at other tight ends. Uh, I'm I'm high on two others, Craft uh, Cheese and uh, <laughs> Dalton Kincaid. Okay. Uh, I'm really high on Dalton Kincaid because I have uh, watching the two games between. He's, he's, he's a really good route runner as a tight end. Oh my gosh! They—he was the big play threat. Whenever they needed a first down, whenever they needed a big play, they went to Dalton Kincaid. And seeing him against USC and really watching how unguardable he was, I think his skills translate well to the NFL. But then Kraft Cheese watching him as well too. I think he's he, Tucker Kraft is what we talking about. Tucker Kraft. Kraft yeah, Cheese. <laughs> Uh, he he's another tight end that I believe is is able to translate into the NFL in that now Travis Kelsey type of hybrid. That's a good tight comparison. That's so, a good yeah. comparison. so those those are my three. Uh, but like you said, this tight end draft is really really heavy. If mm. you're looking for a tight end that you can split out and take advantage of heightened speed, so. Yeah, there's a lot of great tight ends that you can get second day, uh, probably some third day. Third day, that- I agree. Third day as well. I think that your 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 Zach Coons, your Tucker Crafts, your Will Mallory's, uh, your Schoolmakers, you know those maybe Laporta is going to go day two, day three. Yep. Um, you know, based upon the other talent that's around them, that's going to get picked, you know, ahead of them. So yeah, yeah. I I totally agree. Um, yeah, I mean, Kincaid is ob- ob- it's the obvious route running, you know, 
you know, aficionado when it comes down to this. That's the easy one. I, yeah. You know, to be honest with you, I, I'm not as big. I'm not. A, I'm not a big proponent of Mike Mayer. Although everybody has them him mock going to the Chargers, I'm not. A, I'm not. He doesn't. He's he's a he's a he's a very physical. He's a he's a really good physical specimen. Let me say it that way. Yeah. Yeah. However, he doesn't wow me like some other tight ends do when it comes down to his playmaking ability. Now, you know, um, like I said, I would argue that you know because Darnell Washington clearly is a freaking nature. Like, and, and, when, oh. and what Kincaid and Mayer don't do is what Washington does is block. Like Washington yes. block, you know, I mean, from a run blocking perspective, like you get the best of both worlds with Washington. I don't see why he's not the number one because you want a tight end in the NFL that can block in line and he can catch passes well. And the fact that he's a, such a big target, his catch rate is ridiculous, and he's two hundred seventy pounds. He's not frail, you know. So he's strong. That's what he did at Georgia, which gave Brocker the ability to do what he did. A right. lot of times, Washington stayed in and had to block. Right, exactly. So you know, I mean, just to see him move a sled the way he does it from a tight end perspective, moves it like a lineman. So he's a, he's clearly, you know, to me that if I had to pick right now, I would pick him in my first first tight end off the board. I would. Again, I can't get again if you want a person that can, you know, you know, produce from a cash rating perspective like a Kelsey, you can go Kincaid. Like if you want a pass catching tight end, you know, you know, something like that, you would go with Kincaid for sure. Yeah. But after, after that's me, I think the number two for me is Washington. You know, I don't know what Mayor relies for me and my board. I'm he, I'm kind of on the fence with him. Off. He doesn't yeah. do it. He doesn't jump off the page for me as well. I'm right nah. there. You know, and I'm and from a later round perspective, I'm looking at Tucker Craft. Like you said, I love Tucker Craft. I love Sam Laporta. And I yep. love Zach Koontz. I love a day three guy. I love Zach Koontz. And let me give you his numbers. Now, and I'm, I'm really talking to him and hoping the Chargers can, can, you know, be patient and, and hopefully land him late. Six foot eight, 245 pounds, played for ODU. He ran a four five five forty. A 6.87 cone, a 4.12 shuttle, bro, jumped 10.8 and broad, and has a 40 inch vertical, and did 23 reps on the bench. It's a 25. That's a man child. Exactly. Man child. And they got a third, three, day three grade on him. They got a day three grade on him. Oh, put him with Justin Herbert? Oh, Shorty, my God. Let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. What a red zone threat. Listen, you can have Zach, you can have uh, you have Joe Everett and Zach Koontz on either side in the red zone with Keelan and Mike. You got six, you got six, three, six, three, six, five, and six, eight. <laughs> Let's do it. Well, I'm, I'm six, eight, and then six, five because Mike is six, five, Koontz is six, eight. You got a, you got a, you got a basketball team. Hey, man, throw it up, throw it up, <laughs> go get it. <laughs> Who dunked in the night? <laughs> exactly. Who gonna get dunked on the night? That's yes. exactly what it is. Ah. So, so yeah. I mean, address you know address the needs you know in the first two rounds and then day three you know third fourth round you can hang somebody like that and and we go to work. Yep, we can go to work. Like I said, and, he, and he's deceptively fast. Like you'd be six foot eight and run four four five four five five. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. As underrated, oh. underrated, sneaky yeah. pick of the draft for me. Sean Tucker and Zach Coons are the sneakiest pick in the draft for me. And Darnell Washington is going to be a day one starting tight end, whoever drafts him. Without a doubt, book uh, it. And I mean, end all be all. That's it. <laughs> That's yeah. it. You know, stab it, mark it down. Pretty <laughs> <laughs> here first. Pretty here first. So yeah. yeah. So I continue to cover. Like I said, we're going to we're going to probably do what are we do on lineman next week. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, we're moving to D-line, linebackers, edges, things of that nature. So we're going to, like I said, we're going to do this once a week, uh, you know, breaking down who is our guy uh, in regards to the draft focus, and we'll wrap it up uh, with that and the big board. Uh, uh, we do our big draft board like we do every year um, come draft week, and, uh, you know, we'll get that coverage done, and we'll have that already for you. So uh, stay tuned for that. But um, 
I, you know, because you came late, I'm gonna give you a quick moment to tell me how you feel about your team. Because I, I had to go through the segment about about your team. I'm gonna say your team. I'm not gonna say the name since you're here. About your team and 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 the playoff aspiration that you have. Because you gotta realize that this team has an option. They have the ability to maybe land a two seed. You realize they might be the two seed come playoff time. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. how you feel today, right now? How do you feel about this chess? I gave my opinion in de- detail. Tell me yours before we wrap up. I'm gonna keep it real short. I feel great. I I feel great. They they they're I call them the Lincoln Cadillacs of basketball right Ooh, now. Okay. Not be, it's not gonna be fast. Uh-huh. It's not gonna be extremely flashy. But you're gonna pull up to any vi- VIP event. You're gonna be styling and profiling, and you're gonna be consistently beautiful everywhere you go. That about That's to go with the long gators. Yes. <laughs> That's what I call them. I said this early on. They're, they were sitting there just being consistent, right? They weren't making a lot of noise. They weren't bringing a lot of attention. But week in, week out, they were just holding steady at three, letting all the fray go about and around them, and they just stayed consistent. And let – I like to say is smart pressure – you just allow other people to make mistakes and you capitalize on it. You just keep doing your thing. Their recent loss to me is a justifiable loss. They're going against, they went against the number one player in the NBA right now in, in, in that man child. That's not a loss. I feel. I mean, it gave you 45 or 16. So what can you do? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you I, you can't feel any way about that. I just like them because they beat the teams they're supposed to beat, and then they compete against the teams that are upper echelon, and they hold steady against them. So I feel good, man. I feel this is VIP carpet event, uh, ready to go. I'm looking forward to it. Outside of the the press conference situation. <laughs> yeah, <solid. laughs> yeah, we we gonna, gonna have to talk about it. We're gonna have to talk to Lamik Malik Monk about that situation. We're gonna talk yes. about him. Talk to him. Have a conversation <laughs> offline about that. Yeah, we gotta do a little better with your verbiage there, sir. But outside yeah. of that, yeah, they, they they're rolling, man. But again, I, my my angst, and my my I, doubt I is that is the inexperience. Like the the inexperience will be even if, even in the wide open West, I think that could be their downfall. Because again, you're playing. You're not playing a different team every night. You're playing the exact same team every night for seven games. Yeah. And can you be able to beat them four out of seven? You know, granted, you're going to have home court for the first couple of yeah. series if you do advance. But yet again, you still got to beat them four out of seven. And can you do that? Especially yeah. with a scary, a scary team like the like the Lakers if they're healthy because they just beat the Pelicans tonight. Apparently, AD had a great game. Now, and Converse that Denver lost tonight. Can you believe that to the Raptors? I'm not shocked. Denver lost to the Raptors. That's four straight they lost. That's four straight. Yeah. He, but the that Nets is, also lost to the Thunder. So, I mean, again, it's, it's, it's a wild, wild west. It really is. That MVP it's, pressure is getting to him now. He can't so? that. He can't. He, he's unable to keep uh, stat stuffing his uh, his. Well, he, had, he, he had 28, 8, and 7 tonight. And a losing effort. Enough. Good enough, buddy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. So that's gonna wrap up our show this week, man. It's been a great show. We appreciate Coach Bev for coming through and talking Ravens uh football with us. And uh like so we have to have him back. Hopefully he's short order when Lamar gets signed. Um if he ends up with the commanders, like like I said, you heard it here first. I broke the news two weeks earlier. Yep. So 
We'll see how things shake out. But um, in the meantime, in between time, I'm Coach Defense. That's Coach Kurt. Until next week, we'll see you when we see you. Step up and lock it down.